Howdy. Welcome back to the Better Living for Texans podcast. Happy New Year for those who are tuning in today. With our Better Living for Texans program, we educate participants about reducing the risk of food poisoning and other bacterial or viral diseases by promoting proper hand washing, food, safe food handling, and food storage. We use the saying called fight back, and today I have Wendy here to talk about what fight back is and how we can use it in our everyday lives. for coming on our podcast today. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do for AgriLife Extension? Well, my name is uh, Wendy Hazard and I am a uh, the County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health here in Wheeler County. And I, um, I like to tell people when they ask me about my job is I take and can answer questions regarding everything inside the house. So whether that be food nutrition, uh, financial management, food safety, like we're talking today, um, I can help answer those questions and uh, promote, do programs throughout Wheeler County on those particular items. Inside the house, I, I like that. So great, we're talking about food safety and we said fight back, what, what is Fight Back and how is this going to help myself and my family? Okay, well, first of all, I want, I can't take credit for Fight Back. Fight Back was actually developed by um, the Partnership for Food Safety Education. They actually have a wonderful website, um, fightback.org, that you can go to and have lots of resources. But BACK actually stands for bacteria. And by using, like you said, four principles of fighting bacteria, which are clean, separate, cook, and chill, we can help reduce the risk of getting a foodborne illness. Why would we care about not getting a foodborne illness? I think we know the answer, but if, you know, someone's wondering, what's that even mean? What is, what are some of the symptoms and what, what might happen if you get sick? So that brings up a great point. A foodborne illness, you've probably heard of bacteria or viruses like E. coli, salmonella, um, norovirus, and those are all types of foodborne illness. And if you've ever had one, you know what they are. If you haven't, um, a lot of times it's gastrointestinal distress which basically means you're throwing up, you have diarrhea, you could have a fever, and it's just making your getting sick from the food we eat. And unfortunately, it happens a lot. And so, but there's things that we can do, especially by using um, the principles of fight back, we can reduce our risk of giving ourselves a foodborne illness. Well then, let's dive in a little bit deeper um, about each of those principles. So starting with clean, what what needs to be clean when we're talking about, you know, our food safety and in, in the environment that we're cooking in? Okay, so we all know when we start cooking or preparing a meal, we got to wash our hands. So that's always the first thing. And that's when you say clean, that's what most 
most people think of is washing our hands. But it's more than just washing our hands. It's our countertops clean. Is our equipment, those spoons, those forks, those knives, the whisk, spatula, the pan, are those clean? Is our stovetop clean? Um, because bacteria could be lingering on those. And so we want to make sure everything's clean. And the one thing everybody always forgets about, and I'm even guilty of it, is making sure our refrigerators are clean and we clean them out regularly because sometimes I don't know about you Lindsay I drop you know have something spill in the fridge or maybe a uh, hamburger meat my the 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 raw juices might drip out of the package and you're like okay I'll get that here in a little bit we forget about it or we don't notice that it has leaked or you know our husbands or kids get stuff out and they don't notice it's leaked that is a potential uh for a foodborne illness and so by you know every couple of months going through cleaning out our fridge cleaning up those spills and leaks is one of the uh, big things to help prevent a foodborne illness the other thing is is when we think about clean is fruits and vegetables We've got to make sure that we are washing fruits and vegetables. Now that does not mean filling the sink with soap and water and scrubbing those vegetables and fruits. What it is is just cleaning them under cold running water. Cold running water, um, even if you're gonna discard the peel, making sure and you just visibly rub your hands, you can get a vegetable brush and just getting all that dirt and visible stuff you can off of it again helps reduce the risk of a foodborne illness so before you start prepping your food getting dinner ready you know we got to make sure everything's clean countertops equipment and then making sure we clean our fruits and vegetables that's the groundwork that's that foundation that for having a a, um, a successful and um sickness free <laughs> cooking experience <laughs> Okay, so moving forward with, you know, that second step, um, separate, what, what are the things that we are keeping separate when we're, you know, in the kitchen? Okay, um, one of the big thing is, is what we want to do is keep those raw, uncooked foods away from our other foods, like our canned vegetables, fruits and vegetables, our bread. You want to keep things separated, but it doesn't just go for inside the kitchen. Think about while you're shopping, when you pick up that package of ground beef, are you throwing that package of carrots on top of it? You know, there's a chance that a bacteria could get onto those carrots. So you have to think outside of, as soon as I'm purchasing my food, what am I doing to keep it safe? My family laughs at me, um, even my parents to this day, and I'm a grown woman, when we go to the grocery store, if I purchase anything that is raw or uncooked, I put it at the very bottom, on that bottom rack of my shopping cart. Whether it's frozen, whether it's fresh, it goes on the bottom because I don't have to worry about keeping it in separate corners of my shopping cart. So my raw chicken, my raw beef, 
the sausage all goes on the bottom of my shopping cart and I put all my other fruits and vegetables. When I'm bagging or when they bag it, I ask them to put, you know, the chicken in a bag by itself and keeping it separate. That Because that's what you're trying to do is to keep those things separate while you're shopping. And then also um, while you're storing it, making sure when you put it in the fridge that you're not there's not a chance for those raw juices to get onto those uncooked or those fresh fruit and vegetables that the hamburger juice doesn't drip onto the salad. So keeping things separate at home, I keep uh, raw foods in the very bottom of my refrigerator in a drawer. In a drawer. Um, it just makes it easier and that way I know there's not a way if it does leak out, it's going on the very bottom of my fridge and it can't contaminate anything. And then lastly, while we're in the kitchen and actually preparing the food, we need to make sure once you, you know, cut up that chicken or if you're portioning stuff out, that that cutting board or whatever you use to portion it out or if you're seasoning it, those dishes end up in the sink so you don't accidentally put um, other foods on it where it could contaminate, uh, you know, fresh fruit or vegetables, um, that sort of thing. Um, and again, what we're trying to do is just reduce the risk of a foodborne illness by those raw, uncooked food juices getting onto other, um, onto the, our other foods that we have in our, our houses or that we purchase. I also am someone that puts all my stuff at the bottom rack too. So I'm, <laughs> if we're ever in the, if we're shopping and, I, and we, we happen to be in the same grocery store, I'll, I know we'll be, we'll be set up the same way. Well, it's just an easy way and you never know. Um, I have young kids and you never know if they're going to rip open, you know, put their finger on the package or do something, or there might be juice coming out of it. So it's just easier to keep it all separate. Yeah. One. Well, okay, we, we're home, we're clean, things are separated. Uh, it's time to cook. There are a variety of different ways people like to ensure that things have been cooked properly. There's, you know, lots of different, you know, the touch test, the times. What Can you explain what cook is and how do we know that our food is safe to eat during that process? Okay, um, cook is all about cooking foods to the proper internal temperature. Like you said, there's so many methods. You can cut it open, um, you can touch it, and it's supposed to feel like this. But again, we go back to science. Um, and they knew through research that if a food, a particular food item reaches a specific temperature, then all of the harmful bacteria has been killed, which is what we want. Because again, we want to reduce that risk of a foodborne illness. So by using a food thermometer is truly the only way to tell if you have cooked your food properly. Um, again, going out to um, fightbat.org, there is um, a list of internal cooking temperatures. Um, I can go ahead and tell you, I know it off the top of my head, maybe because we cook chicken a lot. The internal cooking temperature for chicken is 165 degrees. So you can get a, a specific thermometer for your, um, 
before cooking and you can put it into the thickest part of the meat because you want to check the thickest part and once it has reached 165 degrees or higher you know that your food is safe to eat um, again uh Ground beef has a different temperature. Um, pork has a different temperature uh, because not everything is the same. And again, through science, we know um, researchers have figured out what temperature the food needs to be to to kill that specific harmful bacteria. That last that last principle, chill. What are some key points that we need to take away with that chill principle? Okay. Um, and chill is kind of, um, it's all about keeping food safe when we're not cooking it, is kind of how I want to open it up talking about chill. Um, again, through science, we know that bacteria like the temperature range of about 41 to 135. That's where they really like, and they're going to grow, and they're going to be happy, and they're potentially going to if we eat food that hasn't been handled properly, could cause us to get sick. So we want to keep food out of that particular temperature range. So one thing is um, I live up here in the Panhandle and sometimes to go grocery shopping, it's not a 10 minute drive down to the, the supermarket. It might be an hour and a half drive to a supermarket to go shopping so you have to think about your commute you know you've taken care of the food you know while you're purchasing it in the store now you're going to put it in your car and go home because we know if food is not kept under 41 degrees for more than two hours then we have to throw it out so if you have a three-hour drive you really need to think about um, I might need to put this in a cooler or a refrigerator bag. Um, if you're going to go to the grocery store first and make a couple of stops, think about that food that you have in the car and how you're going to keep it cold. The other thing is as soon as we get home from the store, um, we got to get it out of the car. And I know with me, as soon as we get home from shopping, my kids are like, I'm hungry. I need this. And I'm like, we got to get the food in. Let me get it put up. And then I'll answer your question again, because we want to limit the time that it is staying in that higher temperature range. Um, the other thing comes down to um, when we have those big family gatherings, we have just finished the holiday seasons and we've had those huge meals we've cooked we've cleaned everything we've kept everything separated we cooked everything to the proper temperature we've all enjoyed these wonderful meals and now we have these leftovers you guys we need to get those leftovers put up within two hours after you finish cooking um, again this all goes back to the length of time food is kept at an unsafe temperature. So they say if food is kept out for more than two hours, then it needs to be thrown away. Yes, I said it. I know people at Thanksgiving might leave the whole spread out all afternoon, but guys, it is very unsafe to do. Um, and 
I will tell you, my husband is very, um, I get on to him constantly because sometimes he's not quite hungry for dinner. He'll fix a plate, put it in the microwave or the oven or leave it someplace. And he's like, oh, here in about 30 minutes, I'll eat it. The next morning I find it and it's in the trash can because it is not safe to eat. So leftovers, we want to get it in the fridge within two hours. The other thing is, is I want to bring up an important part about our refrigerators. Um, we need to make sure that our refrigerator is between 30, 36 and 38 degrees Fahrenheit, um, because that's going to keep our food around 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So you need a little colder than 40 to keep it at the proper temperature. One way you can do that, yes, you have the little gauge that you can turn it, is to have a appliance thermometer in there and it really helps you gauge the other thing to notice is especially since we just finished the holiday seasons if your fridge is fuller and you have a lot of stuff in it you're going to have to have it colder because the air isn't going to circulate as well in there um, if you are also on that top shelf seeing you have you know your pickles are getting frozen you might be actually wasting electricity because your fridge might be running a little it might be on the colder side than what it needs to so by having that appliance uh thermometer in there can really help you gauge what temperature your fridge should be at i keep my appliance thermometer in the door because that gives me that's probably the warmest plate in the whole fridge. And it gives me a good indicator of what the temperature is of the um, refrigerator. So I can make sure, first of all, I have my food at the proper temperature and um, I'm not wasting electricity by keeping it colder than what it needs to be. I know when you said it, okay, I had to throw it out. And I know someone, you know, your heart hurts because then that's that's wasted food and that's wasted food is wasted money. But I think, Wendy, all your points, you know, here's here are ways to avoid getting sick and then ways to avoid wasting money. We have these four principles and uh, thank you for explaining them in detail today um, because we don't want we don't want anyone getting sick and we don't want to have to throw out any food either. So I think this has been great, great explanation. You're very welcome. Again, we want to keep everybody safe, especially in this new year. For more great tips, check us out on Facebook under Better Living for Texans or Instagram and Twitter at Better Texans. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material is funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.